right. As Pastor Rowe uh, was saying, a lot, it's kind of crazy how the Lord correlates what he's teaching you and guiding you through. Um, and he's been blowing my mind with the messages because they've literally been correlating exactly how the Father's been speaking to me. And I remember I was sitting in the car um, with Marie not too long ago, and we were just talking about Jesus' love and just how amazing it is. And I'm like, I mean, we're sitting there, we're like, we feel like he's like, calling us to this like love conference and it's wild because it's not exactly like this conference but it's been like the sermons lately have just been about love and I feel like he's just taking me deeper into his love um, and just showing more of who he is and I just I can't get enough of it and it's just even wild how much he's even talking this morning Um, and I the uh, the caption or the title of my sermon I felt like he was um, saying was love that flows well um, so we're going to go into first Thess- Thessalonians. I told no, I was going to put through that. Um, chapter four, verse 10 through 12. Um, so I'll let you guys turn there. I'm going to be reading from the passion translation, but Jesus, we just thank you for your presence in this room right now. Father, I just pray that you speak through my voice and you just say what you want to say. And only that father, just allow me to be a vessel and open our ears open our eyes to what you want to say, Father. We just surrender our ears to you. We surrender our thoughts to you and just move in such a beautiful way, Father. We just thank you so much and partner with your plans and your plans only, Father. We love you so much. Um, all right, so First Thessalonians, um, I'm going to be reading verse 10 um, first. Um, which says, Indeed, your love is what you are known for throughout Macedonia. We urge you, beloved ones, to let this unselfish love increase and flow through you more and more. So the things that that were highlighted to me from this exact verse that the Father pointed out is that people recognize and long for love. They they long for it without even recognizing it. Um, And we're remembered by how we love, how we love anyone. So... um, the more we grow in the Father, the more that we um, spend time with the Father, the more that we understand who he is, the more we grow in love because Jesus is love. Um, so Chris Valentin, I was looking at, and like I said, it's literally Jesus has been like moving 100 miles per hour. Like I feel like he's saying in this moment, like this is something that um, we don't want to miss and it's something to remember. Um, because he's literally been speaking through like Instagram posts, like podcasts, like I know he does do that, but I feel like it's just been a hundred miles per hour, just of the things that he was saying. But I ended up coming across one of, um, what Chris Valentin had wrote and it said, love isn't God, but God is love. There's a big difference in saying my dog is a girl and my girl is a dog. They're not interchangeable. We shouldn't have, or we shouldn't make a God out of love, but instead see love as a manifestation of our connection with God. When we make love a God instead of an attribute of knowing God, we perform for love instead of from love. Furthermore, we search for love and we can miss the author of love. So, as believers, our love should only increase when we're growing closer to the Father. So in our own walks, when we have a relationship with Jesus, there should be this increase of grace towards others that we're there 
others' processes, others' walks, how they're walking out. We should have this increase of grace in us because we've recognized the Father's grace on our life when we're trying to process things, when we're trying to understand things with the Holy Spirit and ask him questions about. And we have an increase of awareness of who we are in our identity in, our identity in Christ. So we we recognize when those are functioning out of their identity and we need to like understand and um, like flow from God's love when they're functioning out of their identity. Because when we didn't function from our identity, God showed us love. So that's, that's how we need to portray, like that's how Jesus flows through us is because he teaches us in our own processes. So then we can relay that onto others. So even an increase of awareness of the Father's love on our own like lives and how he pursued our hearts and was chasing after us when we were um, not walking with him. Um, so we recognize his longing for communion with us. So then we should recognize his longing for communion with anyone, anyone. So the more you allow him to move in your life, the more we'll be able to reflect him in all that we do. And it begins to just flow out of you. Um, so as a church, and I have found myself in this multiple times, we fail in the discernment department. So Jesus gives us wisdom and discernment over others. Um, but the thing is, we have to make sure we're not partnering with the sin that we see on somebody or we see them walking out of their identity. We won't partner with that. God doesn't give us discernment so we can partner with that. He gives us discernment so that we can partner against that. We can partner against that because we know truth. We know what God says about them. We know how God views them. So now we can partner with that because he's given us discernment that somebody might be facing something or even discernment over our own lives. Like we need to, like, I mean, for example, how many times have, I know I myself, like I said, have failed at this at times when you're, you're out and about and you're like, man, that lady suffers with anxiety. Like you can read it all over her. Like you, and it's something you can almost pick up on and you're like, well, and the father, like the discernment that we have over that anxiety, we're to partner against that. So instead of looking at it like, man, she really battles that. That's something she's really battling. Instead, the father wants us to go to him and be like, father, what do you say about this anxiety? Does it look like a conversation sitting down with her and talking about you? Does it look like giving her a hug? Does it look like sharing um, the father's heart? That's that's the key point in this is we want to share what Jesus has to say to others because wouldn't you want to um, like have, if we have this ability and this um, awareness of what truth is, don't we want to share that? Don't we want to share that freedom with others, with anyone, with anyone we come in contact with? So let's give others the tools um, to defeat the everyday mile, like the milestones or mindsets the enemy gives us and throws our way. So let's call out what God's truth is over them and partner with that. So let's stop calling out the things that they're failing at and start calling out the things of truth and how Christ sees them. And we're going to meet people where they're at. Like that is God's call. Like we tell, like we tell that all the time as a church, come as you are, come as you are. But are we really portraying that. So, um, second Timothy chapter two, I'm going to jump from first Thessalonians and we'll head back to there. But 
Second Timothy um, chapter two, verse 24 through 25. Um, we actually were just talking about this at communion and it was uh, sweet because the Lord just brought it right into this message. But verse 24 says, for a true servant of our Lord Jesus will not be argumentative, but gentle towards all and skilled in helping others see truth. Having great patience towards the immature, then with meekness, you'll be able to carefully enlighten those who argue with you so that you can, or so that they can see God's gracious gift of repentance and be brought to truth. So the two words that stuck out to me in this were skilled and meekness. So it says that, um, meekness, well, I'm gonna look at meekness first. So I looked it up and it means submissive. So we need to be submissive to the Father's leading, to the Father's voice. And this special skill that it talks about, we need to be skilled in helping others see truth, is allowing the Father to reveal things in their lives through you. So the Father shines light without us controlling how he's saying something or what he's saying. We, re- we submit to his voice in what he says over things. So the key words in those that scripture, I feel like, are skilled because it's uh, when we're skilled, what makes it different about us is we're skilled in hearing the Father's voice and listening and tuning into that and acting that out. But then we're also coming with meekness and we're submissive to what the Father wants to do. We're not just saying what's on our thoughts or what we think quickly off of our, like to roll off of our tongue. Um. And I just saw something recently to um, a guy that I um, I believe he's he speaks um, all over the world, but his name's Ben Fitzgerald, um, and he recently talked about how he's seeing so much division and hate and all of this, all of this coming and all of these people yelling like, "This isn't truth! This isn't truth! This isn't truth!" Which God calls us to truth, but He also calls us to have grace. So it's truth and grace, he said. It's not just truth. It's not just speaking those things and getting frustrated with somebody because, no, this is truth, but it's walking it out with love, with the Father's love. So it's truth and grace. So sometimes this means hard words are can be shared. It doesn't always mean that truth is going to be easy to speak. And when you're prompted by the Father, that's when we talk. That's when we say things. So when we speak from a worldly perspective, we're just saying words that we think can comfort someone or speak to their situation, but it doesn't really have weight or it doesn't really stick. It can speak to them for a couple days, but then they're going to go right back to those thoughts that they were having before because it's not the Father on them. There's not truth in it. There's not love in it. Um, So when we speak from the Father's prompting, it brings revelation. It brings truth. It brings breakthrough. It brings awareness of how he is moving in that exact situation. So sometimes it can look like silence, which is crazy to say. Sometimes we want to fill the space with just words, like I said. And sometimes the Father's not prompting you to say anything. Sometimes it's you're holding a hand. You're a listening ear. You're smiling at somebody. You're waving at somebody. You're asking him how to handle a situation. That's an our flesh just fights it because the enemy would love for us to just fill with words rather than the Lord's truth and love. So uh, for an example, just of this, I was recently given the word respect. And to any, 
to anybody to receive that word, they're probably like, whoa, that's, that's harsh. But the father was on the word. And it's crazy because when the father's on the word and you hear that word, yes, it's hard probably to say as uh, you need to learn how to respect, but the father's on it. So it was easy for me to receive it because the father was on it and it provided breakthrough and it provided awareness of what I needed to pray into myself and what I needed to contend for so that I could learn to respect with the father. So John chapter eight thirty two it says, for if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. So what the father says is always truth, always truth. And don't we want to bring truth and freedom to others' lives? Don't we want to do that in our conversations, in our relationships, in the things, um, in the day-to-day, a random person, like, we can speak Jesus to them. Like we can actually have truth and love in our words. So when the father is on words, he brings them to fulfillment. Just like that, it's wild because after I was received that word of respect, this is when all of this processing of knowing and looking and understanding more what it looks like to love with Jesus. It's been a hundred miles per hour since that one word, one word, but he's on it. That's what's the difference. It transforms you when he's on it, when he's on the word. So um, we're going to jump back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Um, and I'm going to be reading the verse, uh, verses 11 and 12 now. So it says, aspire to lead a calm and peaceful life as you mind your own business and earn your living, just as we've taught you. By doing this, you will live an honorable life, influencing others and commanding respect of even the unbelievers. Then you'll be in need of nothing and not dependent upon others. So the word highlighted to me in this scripture was honorable. This is what it looks like to live an honorable life um, like Jesus. Like This is what an honorable life is to the Father. Um, and I was reading in my devotion and I had to add this in because I felt like he was saying, we got it. We got to touch on this, but it says a good character enables us to be solid contributors to society. But most of what is recognized as a Christian lifestyle can be accomplished by people who don't even know God. Do I need to repeat? I'm going to repeat that. Good character enables us to be solid contributors to society, but most of what is recognized as a Christian lifestyle can be accomplished by people who don't even know God. Every believer should be highly respected and more. It's the and more part that we are often lacking. So then the father took me to when he sat down with Nicodemus and he's sitting I've been talking with him. He discussed with Nicodemus. He revealed mysteries to Nicodemus, which then caused Nicodemus to want to know more and want to understand. He was speaking, um, I believe he was speaking to Nicodemus about what it looks like if you ask for a rebirth in your life. And Nicodemus is like, rebirth? Like, I have to be born again? What's that mean? But he was speaking mysteries at the time to him and his truth was on it. His love was on it in those mysteries of that he was speaking. And it caused Nicodemus to want to know more. He was drawn to want to understand more. 
So while Jesus was on earth ministering, Jesus was also in heaven in the spiritual realm. Being in two places at the same time is also a privilege we have as believers. We can tap into the spiritual realm and we can tap into the natural realm. That's how he speaks his truth is he speaks through that. So the spiritual truths are the and more. That's what makes believers different. It's not just about character and about being a good person and being nice. Yes, those are all good things, but it's the and more that makes us different. That makes us stand out because it's the father speaking spiritual truths. So we're called to see the unseen. We're called to see the spiritual realm. We're called to ask the Father what he's doing in any circumstances, in a conversation with our friends, in a, a walking in Walmart, in seeing a random person, in seeing the unseen. We can, by asking for discernment in that and by partnering with the, those different things, he moves through us. So we need to mirror what Jesus did on earth. It's literally that easy. Like he did this. He literally did this. Like, he spoke mysteries. He spoke with love. He spoke truth. And it transformed us. I mean, obviously. And it's like, I was talking with Noah about this, and he said this saying, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, when the Father's on our words, it's honey. It's honey. Because it has truth in it. And love. So many Christians, my, I myself, have got a, caught up in the character aspects that we, have rec- at, that we have created this religious lens that we have to get to a certain level before we can, um, God can use us and he can speak to us. But that's, that's not right. The lie has trapped so many believers into not functioning from the Father because we think we're not good enough to. And that's a lens that's got to be ripped off. And that's got to, that lens has to go because we can hear Jesus right where we're at. It's as simple as just asking him questions through your day. And he will speak. He always does. He always does. So don't we want, as a church, um, like I had said earlier, we tell people to come as they are. But do we really live this? Do we really walk that out? Are we allowing Jesus to move in and through us right where we are? You know, I mean, right where we're at, we don't have to be to this certain level for Jesus to talk to us. Like, it's just a surrendered heart and asking him. Um, So the spiritual truths Holy Spirit reveals to us are what transform us. So let's be transformed no matter where we are in life. Um. I, the chosen, I'm loving it. I don't know if I just feel led to say that. Watch it if you haven't. But the woman in the well episode wrecks me and I could watch it 15 billion times probably. But I just feel like he even highlighted that to me. Um, like for an example, the woman at the well to the natural world, she was known as a woman that had many husbands. Many husbands and she went to the well by herself because she was ashamed and just all of these all of these natural, worldly perspectives were just thrown her way. But when she came to the well, Jesus spoke truth, and he offered her living water. And Jesus saw her as she was, um, so she was willing to offer her heart. She was willing to offer her heart because he spoke truth over her life, and she was willing to offer it because he did it with love. 
So Jesus asked her for a drink of water from the well, and the water Jesus wanted was refreshing, satisfying pleasure of her devotion. So when he asked for water, he wanted her, he was wanting her devotion, her surrendered heart. And he says to the, he says to each of us, nothing satisfies me except you. So just you, just you, a surrendered heart. That's it. That's all he longs for. That's it. So my question is, are our words covered in living water? Being nice in the characteristics like I was talking about of um, this Christian lifestyle will cause others to be thirsty again and again and again if we're just speaking from that. But when the Father's on our words, it's living water. And when the Father is on what you say, you thirst again for more of him. So um, I was given a word forever ago that totally transformed my life and actually like made me chase Jesus fully and completely and surrender my life to him. I was given the word let go um, in a worship night and it was something that I had prayed um, just wanting what other people had. I'm like, I don't understand why these people love Jesus so much and it just flows so easy for them. And I prayed to Jesus, what do I have to do? And a woman came up to me and said, let go. And the father was on those words and it was living water to me because my life has looked completely different after that. I've full-blown chased after the father because he was on those words. So we have living water to offer because the father's in us. God is faithful to use anyone to reach others when we are honest to tell others that Jesus knows everything we've ever done and still loves us. And what I love in the scene, because I feel like I can relate to it so much, and, uh, but the woman in the well, after Jesus tells her who he is and speaks truth to her, she goes running off and leaves her pale. And she's like screaming. She's like, I'm going to tell everyone. And he's like, I was hoping you would. Like, I was hoping you would. But that's literally like how it is when we encounter the Father and the Father's love. Because we can't help but talk about it and share and run and be like, oh, Jesus thinks about you this way. Or this is what he says about your life. And it's crazy because there's so many examples of how the father saw people for exactly as they were. I mean, you have uh, Paul, who was a, like, he persecuted Christians. And Matthew was hated for being a tax collector. Um, but he saw them as they were and loved them as they were and spoke truth and love to them. And their lives were transformed. And because their lives were transformed, we now read about it. Like, it's just wild, the ripple effect. Um, so he spoke truth and he spoke love and the world wouldn't have given these guys a second look because they're tax collectors or, you know, I mean, you think of today's world, maybe not tax collectors, but, but seeing people as they are. Um, but, uh, Benny Johnson, I had put in another thing about what she had said. It says, let's stop this foolishness and quit praising the devil with endless discussions of what's wrong with the world because of him. We have the ball. If we carry the ball effectively, then the enemy's plans won't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he's doing. It doesn't matter what he's doing. If we carry the ball effectively and we're 
functioning from the Father, speaking when the Father prompts, acting when the Father prompts, in all that we do, like, he's got nothing. I mean, he's nothing on Jesus. Nothing. And it's just like, even thinking too, is like Jesus' love for us on the cross. Like, it changed all things for believers. Sin's reign is over because he loved us so much. He shed his blood for us. His love for us changed all things. So what does it look like when we let that love shine through us? His love shine through us. His love changes all things for us and the world around us. And nothing has changed. Love literally conquers all. It conquers all. Because he, if we're functioning from his voice, then, yeah, it transforms lives. So I just feel like he, like I said before, I just feel like this is um, a season of really resting on this and really thinking about what the Father is saying and functioning from that and functioning with love like he does and seeing others as he does and speaking as he does. And, um, yeah. So I, I, I feel like I was uh, laying in bed the other night and I felt so much excitement in my spirit before I was going to bed, just even thinking about um, today and what he was going to do. I just like literally felt pumped. Like I could not sleep. And I feel like today he's going to call us out. Um, and it's crazy because... Um, earlier, somebody had said something about a yielded spirit, Teresa. Yeah. So being a yielded spirit and letting his voice flow through.